0: This episode of News Stuff is brought to you by Upstart and by Stitch Fix.
1: As we've mentioned before, former President Donald J. Trump has been using his official website to post statements at a staggering rate. Because, as we're all aware, he's banned from Twitter. Now, these statements are almost always written exactly like tweets. That's how you know they're real. Right, right down to the length and paragraph breaks. Like, yeah. if he has a like. He it, writes thread at the top. Like, why are you writing thread? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 if it's a, a story that is more than one tweet long, Good. he breaks it into separate tweets on the same page. That's just easier on the us. I appreciate it. And uh, we're not exaggerating the fact that his website is just a new version of Twitter for him. Starting on Monday, this week alone, he has posted over 15 separate statements that uh, typically feature just a, a quick statement, like, how come the fake news media doesn't talk about Afghanistan anymore? <laughs>
0: And these are all separate links. Yeah, no, the format of the website sucks. It's It's, horrible. Because, like, you would hope it would just be, like, a feed. On the front page. Yeah, like a feed that you could scroll through, but you have to... Each one is just a title a statement from blah, blah, blah. You have to click on it, go to a new page. And the statement and doesn't back. even have an
1: indication of what the yeah. tweet is going to be about. It just says statement. And there's like
0: five for one day. Yeah. And yeah, it's very hard. You you click on one, you go to it, you go back. And because there's so many in one you day, don't know which one you, you don't know on. which one you just clicked on. Because yeah. like the website coded so poorly that like the, the hyperlinks don't change colors. It's, yeah. Uh, it sucks.
1: Um, now, and the rest of his updates on that news tab that's on his website, they're nothing more than links to articles that align with his views. Essentially, just retweets. He figured it out. Uh, but they have their own standalone post. And he doesn't even post any of the actual articles or images or anything. It's just a headline with a hyperlink. Like, he's literally retweeting Well, he
0: doesn't want to steal the news.
1: It's, yeah, he's he, looked down upon. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, he's Actually, this is actually very good of him. He's yeah.
0: providing uh, views to websites. Uh, we may not agree with it, but uh, he's, he's doing it ethically here. Uh, now, typically, we're able to ignore the ramblings that take place on Trump's own little version of Twitter. Mm-hmm. But this week, he fired off a real banger tweet. I mean, sorry, statement. Yes. That uh, got the attention of everyone, specifically the GOP, who most likely saw this as a threat <laughs> to get in line or risk the downfall of their whole political party. Yeah. Basically, Trump said that if you don't support his claims of voter fraud, which we should remind you have been disproven time and time again. That's for you, and that's also for uh, Susan. Yeah, if you're listening, we yeah. don't think uh, we don't think there was voter fraud. But, but Trump says that if you don't believe in this voter fraud, that uh, Trump's followers they're just they're, they won't be voting. No, <laughs> they're they're going to skip voting in the upcoming midterm elections as well as the next presidential election in 2024. We're just not going to do it. Nope. He's holding the party hostage. Here's what he said: If we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020, which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented, Republicans will not be voting in 22 or 24. It is the single most important thing for Republicans to do. No, don't. And first of all- Don't go, what? No, what am I gonna do if Republicans stop voting? First of all, <laughs> awesome. This rocks.
1: And all of Trump's followers should definitely listen to don't him. Don't let them
0: know that you like this. You're yeah, ruining it. it. No,
1: they, should, no, wait, they no. should not vote in the upcoming elections. It would not only make them feel like they're part of some elaborate protest, but it will also totally own the libs somehow. Honestly, I'm owned just thinking about it. Uh, Yeah,
0: I'm I'm owning in my boots.
1: Oh no, I'm owned! Oh, (laughs) oh, God! Uh, Second, this actually has at least some precedent of being a legitimate threat to the Republican Party considering the way that people voted or didn't in the Georgia runoff election, which resulted in Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff winning Senate seats in Georgia for the Democrats. Georgia didn't come around on that voter fraud. Uh, we even called yeah. Georgia and was like, "Hey, you got to change
0: this." It was a it was a close race, and uh, turns out
1: Trump voters just uh, for some reason didn't yeah, show up.
0: First, yeah, for the months leading up to that election, uh, Trump's base, the people that needed to get out and vote, uh, were told that voting doesn't matter essentially because it's all uh, yeah. it's all rigged. Well, that was in the, the
1: runoff. It was like, uh, well, they're claiming that I didn't win the election. So let's teach them a lesson by showing how important I am by not voting for mm-hmm. the Republican candidates. Yeah. Now, in addition to that, this is the perfect type of protest for Trump fanatics because they simply have to do nothing instead of doing something. Yeah. If their glorious leader's idea for a successful protest of a political party is to just do nothing, that is going to be a very easy thing for lazy people to get behind.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the perfect plan. It's, it's the pinnacle of slacktivism.
1: Yes. Finally, slacktivism has, has come to the Republican Party. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, on the other hand, though, the Republican Party throwing their full support behind the easily disproven lie that the election was rigged or stolen so that they can win Trump's favor and save those precious votes also might be a losing strategy because, for the most part, the stolen election narrative is not seeing large support outside of the most hardcore Trump supporters. Yes. It's just not catching on. As we've seen time and time again, even Republican officials in states where election fraud claims have been made are losing their patience with all this and calling out everyone who keeps repeating the lies and sowing doubt in our elections. Uh, it's making them look incompetent, and it's also costing their states millions of dollars to do constant recounts that come up with the same result. So, yes, Trump threatening the GOP with influencing low voter turnout. It's a bold strategy, and we are very curious as to whether it works out the way he thinks it will. Yeah. Uh, then again, it might just be Trump burning down the party despite them for not doing more to overturn the results of the last year's election, because...
1: I it, mean, why not? He yeah.
0: doesn't give a shit. It's never really been about politics for this <laughs> guy. It's, it's, it's been about yeah. himself. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so. He doesn't give a fuck about the Republican yeah. Party? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this, by the way, comes on the heels of numerous reports uh, stating that Trump tried nearly everything to get the results of the election overturned which is why he's probably speaking out about it once again and trying to divert attention away from recent news, which might be criminal, and instead perpetuating the stolen narrative. Last week, a Senate report detailed Trump's efforts to use the Department of Justice to overturn the 2020 election results. From NPR, the reports from the panel's Democratic majority documents the chaotic final weeks of Trump's presidency following his loss to Joe Biden and how Trump tried to force Justice Department officials to help him keep his grip on power. Department leaders ultimately resisted Trump's pressure, but it took threats of mass resignations across the department to get him to back down. A key moment that emerges in the report is a January 3rd meeting in the Oval Office between Trump and senior Justice Department leaders, including then-acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and his top deputy,
0: Richard Donahue. Continues, Rosen told the committee that Trump opened the three-hour meeting by saying, "'One thing we know is you, Rosen, "'aren't going to do anything to overturn the election.'" Trump was already considering replacing Rosen with a lower-ranking department official, Jeffrey Clark, who was promising to pursue Trump's false election fraud claims. Rosen and his deputies refused to endorse Trump's claims and pushed back against the president's proposed scheme to dump Rosen for Clark. The report says that Donahue and others made clear that all the department's assistant attorneys general would resign if Trump went forward with the scheme and that mass resignations likely wouldn't end there. Rosen and Donahue, who were both interviewed by the committee, said White House counsel Pat Cipollone and another top White House lawyer, Patrick Philbin, also pushed back against Trump's plan and threatened to quit as well. The report says Trump continued to entertain the idea of installing Clark at the helm of the Justice Department and only abandoned the idea at the end of the Oval Office meeting. Which wouldn't have looked suspicious
1: at all. January 3rd? Yeah. We got a new
0: Attorney General, guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's going to do a little bit of fussing around with the yeah, numbers. Yes. So, here he is. Uh, and reminder, that was three days before the uh, insurrection. So, uh, a timeline yeah. that is very chaotic on its own. It is. Uh, and now there's a bunch of subpoenas going out uh, for people that were involved in that. Uh, and Since that's playing out currently. Steve Bannon uh, yeah. might have to testify. Uh, Mark Meadows, is that his name that's also going to be? Uh, there's, a, there's like three or four like really high-profile people yeah. that are getting called in. Hmm. But uh, let's pivot away from Trump and back over to the world of entertainment. Uh, because as long as we're altering reality, uh, let's look at how WeWorks founder Adam Newman tried and succeeded in making the blow from HBO Max's documentary about his company uh, a little softer and removed language that might have been interpreted by viewers as making Newman seem <laughs> like some sort of criminal. Uh, here's the verge. In a press release sent to a staffer at The Verge earlier this week, defamation attorney Thomas A. Claire who now represents the known tequila enthusiast and reported aspiring immortal, announced that HBO Max had altered parts of a Generation Hustle episode titled Cult of WeWork, as well as its description on the HBO Max site. Previously, the show's description said it combined true crime capers with fresh, glossy stories of charismatic fakes and colorful imposters, according to a version of the site archived on Wayback Machine. Both the characterization of the series as true crime and the aforementioned description of its subjects have since been removed. It's just a fun series that doesn't have any Nothing bearing in illegal.
0: Nothing illegal. You're going to wonder why some of it wasn't illegal, uh, but no crimes were committed. Fake crimes? <laughs> uh, the service also changed language in the end card shown in the episode by specifying that while Newman is being investigated, quote, no criminal or regulatory charges have been filed. The episode also now includes language that WeWork is preparing to go public. <laughs> been, been preparing for a while. Yeah. While the language in the cards and the show's description have been updated, a spokesperson for HBO Max told The Verge that no alterations had been made to the episode itself. So, yeah. alright. There doesn't seem to be any news related to lawsuits or demands from Hulu regarding their WeWork documentary, which certainly does not paint Mr. Newman in a positive light. No. So, while the HBO documentary might be pretty informative otherwise, the Hulu doc, still probably the best coverage of the whole WeWork saga in its entirety. Or just watch both of them if you just can't get enough.
1: It's just like that uh, uh, with fire, fire Festival. Yeah. Two yeah.
0: Fire festivals. documentaries. I, if
1: you put both documentaries in front of me, I couldn't tell you which one was Hulu and which one was Netflix. Netflix was the one with the guy who... Uh, oh, with Suck Dick for Water? Yeah. Was uh, that the one? I think? I think that was Netflix, actually. Yeah, you might be right on that. Uh, yeah. But the WeWork uh, Hulu documentary... Very good. Uh, very entertaining. For Even for someone who has absolutely no idea that WeWork even exists. Uh, my, my wife was very entertained and just, like, blown away by the actions of this guy
0: at his yeah, company. Yeah, I mean, if you've worked at any large company, you, you see shades of this kind of bullshit in how things are managed.
1: Yeah, and it's also, like, I think it would be good for anyone who hasn't worked anywhere near the tech space. Because you get to point and laugh at how goofy tech startups are. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. But uh, speaking of falls from grace, uh, and this one it's a very long time coming and it's it's been happening. A
0: slow slide from grace.
1: Very publicly for the last 20 years or so. Uh, Smash Mouth is back in the news. Once again, it's not good news. Uh, Last we heard from Smash Mouth, they were performing live during the Sturgis motorcycle rally, right at the peak of the pandemic. Pre-vaccine times, even August of 2020, uh, where the singer then exclaimed, we're all here together. Fuck COVID. Um, And we all saw what happened after that. But Sturgis 2020, it might have been one of the last times that America was able to see Smash Mouth in a somewhat coherent way, or actually one of the last times that anyone might be able to see the band perform at all, at least with their original singer at the mic. Because this past week, a video went viral featuring multiple clips of a Smash Mouth performance that were chaotic, depressing, and certainly upsetting for all the Shrek fans out there who didn't want to see
0: this fall from grace. More like smashed Mouth.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit sadder than that, but it does seem like the dude uh, was at, at least were, drinking or doing there something. There were
0: substances involved. In yeah. That is not the Steve Harwell I remember. Yeah. So in the video taken and posted to TikTok by a user named Does This Feel Good, you can see uh, the singer, Steve Harwell, incoherently rambling, uh, the band suffering from constant audio issues, an impromptu karaoke performance by a fan celebrating their birthday, uh, the singer looking like he's completely just dissociated and then a shot where he appears to threaten the crowd and all of their families yeah. here's that clip <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, I mean, yikes,
0: yeah. (laughs) They were also playing what seemed like just a a real sad, pathetic sort of venue. It was like a
1: beer and wine festival in uh, upstate New York. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. But it was during the day, didn't look like the biggest crowd, sort of like a just local street fair sort of situation. We'll give you $500
1: to play Walking on the Sun and All-Star. Yeah, the
0: only songs we remember. All right, sounds good. You guys have other songs?
1: And it's a beer and wine festival, you say? Can we get some drink tickets? (laughs) Uh, which, yeah, I mean, that might have been a contributing factor, but it, it appears to be sadder than that, and I, I, I can't help but, like, take this guy and his reps at their word, because I don't know, but this guy is clearly suffering from some issues. Yeah. And while people online were quick to mock him in what appeared to be a man who was blackout drunk and rambling, it looks as though there might be a little bit more to this than just someone hitting the bottle too hard. According to CMZ, Harwell was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy eight years ago, which led to other medical setbacks like heart failure and Wernicke's uh, encephalopathy, uh, which impacts his motor functions, including speech and memory. What the fuck? and presumably contributed to his disoriented performance at the concert, which took place Saturday afternoon in Bethel, New York. Clips from the performance circulated widely online over the past few days. So, like, okay, well that sucks. Yeah, I know. That's the <laughs> thing is, it's like it, if this is all actually a serious medical issue, then. Yeah, you got to feel really bad for this guy who is probably just trying to do performances to make ends meet. Jesus Christ. Um, But yeah. wow, Not an easy video to watch either way. That sort of ruins it. I had had fun watching it at first. Now
0: Now now it's it's just sad. Now it's not funny anymore.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Should he not have threatened uh, directly a family uh, saying that he was going to kill them? He's not actually going to kill them and their families. Maybe the Nazi salute was a little too much. But it's a guy who... uh, if,
0: we're, if his medical issues are to be believed, uh, was suffering from a traumatic episode while we were watching Yeah, those. I mean, like, that's pretty cool that he was able to do what he did while in uh, a fugue state. Yeah,
1: and you, apparently, it's been going on for years, and I know that uh, I, I was just this late to a performance that I didn't even know was going to happen, because I went to a NASCAR race a couple of years ago, and uh, Smash Mouth was opening before the National Anthem. So you got yeah, to see two the, National the Anthems. The real
0: National Anthem. All-star.
1: But I, I got there a little too late, and I missed it. So uh, that was a shame. Damn. But uh, yeah, he's been you... he's been putting up with it for years, apparently. Now you'll never get to see it. So maybe he's not as bad as the singer from Trapped,
0: well, who that... also
1: played Sturgis
0: last year. That guy's way worse. Yeah. Way, way worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, regardless of why he was acting the way he was, it doesn't seem like he should be anywhere near a stage performing for anyone, at least for now. And it appears as though in the aftermath of the clip going viral, Steve Harwell agrees. Uh, he's announced his immediate retirement and resignation from the band, saying the following in a statement. Ever since I was a kid, I dreamed of being a rock star performing in front of sold-out arenas and have been so fortunate to live out that dream. To my bandmates, it's been an honor performing with you all these years, and I can't think of anyone else I would have rather gone on this wild journey with. He added in a statement that this isn't the end of the band, just that he's stepping down and is more than happy to welcome someone to take his place in the group. That man? so Guy Fieri. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Real hero. So yeah, not excusing what he did. Yeah. But it seems like this guy's a lot more bad shit going on than just, you know, being an asshole, or drunk, or whatever. He hasn't exactly been the pinnacle of morality in the past. So it's not like any of this was out of nowhere, but yeah. Benefit of the doubt, at least in this case. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, hey, we'll get into the rest of the news from this week in a second. Uh, first, let's take some time to thank today's sponsor, starting with Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body, and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is personalized to your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. And I just got, uh, I signed up for my newest Stitch Fix uh, today and uh, in they in have a little note section for your stylist. Yeah. I put in there like, hey, fall soon. I want something that looks nice and is comfortable and I'm excited to see what I get. I'm ready to start dressing. Because, uh, I don't have a great fall wardrobe because it rarely gets that cold here, but like, I wanna be prepared. Maybe we'll get an El Nino one of these years instead of a La Nina, and I gotta be ready for it.
0: Yeah, you gotta be ready. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one, at Stitch Fix Freestyle you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit with styles for workouts to workwear for lounging around the house or for a night out on the town Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion plus there's no subscription required and they offer free shipping returns and exchanges Get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com/newsdump That's stitchfix.com slash newsdump to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. stitchfix.com slash newsdump.
1: This episode is also sponsored by Upstart. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keep you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. And unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners.
0: With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com newsdump. That is upstart.com newsdump. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash All
1: right, back into the news now with, ah, uh, oh, look, more of the darker side of entertainment. Oops, and, all bad news. Yeah, oddly enough, it's something. Hey, I have a, a real fun story coming after this one, okay? okay. I promise. All right. uh, oddly, this is something that we've actually spoken about more and more recently. Uh, although in those cases it was mostly stuff that was ridiculous and kind of funny in retrospect, like that game show that got canceled because there was a massive outbreak of diarrhea. That was funny. And, you know, obviously a big diarrhea outbreak doesn't work very well with the theme of that game show, which was based entirely on water slots. Yeah, it was perfect news. Uh, Then there was Squid Game, uh, which we reported on earlier this week regarding a Korean cultural center in the United (laughs) Arab Emirates that decided to do their own Squid Game reenactment, but without all the horrifying death and dismemberment. That conversation led us into another example of things going horribly wrong during competition shows when we spoke about a contestant on Wipeout who suffered a massive heart attack and died during the filming of an episode, apparently after they had completed the Wipeout course. So So, who's
0: to say what caused any of this? Yeah. Well, now something has once again gone horrifically wrong in the world of competition shows. And honestly, you would probably beg for a heart attack instead of what, this guy's going through. Uh, we weren't aware of it, but apparently there is a spinoff of America's Got Talent called AGT Extreme, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a talent show for uh, death defiance, stunts, extreme sports, stuff that isn't just dancing, magic, juggling, or singing. None of that simple, safe shit. Yeah. That's the a- that's the original America's Got Talent bread and butter, but this is AGT Extreme. It's American Idol, but it's not really, because mm-hmm. we got different hosts. We're American Idol's... Uh, older brother who <laughs> buys American Idol's beer. Yeah,
1: people people come and sing, and then we throw in a juggler every once in a while to spice things up, and someone that changes costumes in an instant.
0: But yeah, this is a show, we didn't know this even existed, but uh, it has already suffered its own completely predictable tragedy during filming, when a stuntman and escape artist failed to execute his trick, leading to what appears to be life-threatening injuries, the details of which sound like some sort of fucked-up scene from the Saw movies. Uh, here's TMZ.
1: Jonathan Goodwin, a daredevil stuntman on the new America's Got Talent Extreme, suffered brutal injuries after a stunt he attempted went horribly wrong. And it was so bad on set that people thought he was dead. Production sources tell TMZ, Goodwin was suspended 70 feet in the air in a straitjacket hanging by his feet from a wire. Two cars were suspended on either side of him, swinging back and oh, forth. Oh, No. The stunt was for Goodwin to free himself from the restraints and then fall on an air mattress and avoid getting crushed by the cars as they swung in the air. Oh. Something went terribly wrong and the cars smashed together, sandwiching Goodwin in between them. The impact caused the cars to explode. What the fuck? Erupting in a gigantic fireball. Goodwin fell to the ground and hit his head.
0: Oh, God. Insult to injury. Injury to injury.
1: Yeah. Our sources say Goodwin was unresponsive after the crash, and people on the set thought he was dead. Yeah. However, Goodwin was responsive when he was airlifted to a hospital and rushed into surgery. We're told he's in a trauma unit, and his condition is unclear.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. So, hanging in between two cars. Who smashed between two cars midair. And then they exploded. And they blew up, and then he fell fell. on his head.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like... Where was the air mattress? It was like, like, in a Simpsons episode, it would have been like five feet
0: just to yeah. the right. Jesus Christ, that's... Uh, that that's is the it's ris- it's that, horrific. That is the risk you take when you hang upside down in a straitjacket uh, between two swinging vehicles.
1: And with a lot of these, specifically with like America's Got Talent and stuff, the judges are right there watching the attempt.
0: Yeah. Because that's the whole point. Who are the judges on AGT Extreme?
1: Uh, it's I think it's still Howie Mandel, but it's like, I think it's like Travis Pastrana or something. Like, there, there's extreme sports people that are the judges in this one. Um, and they all had to witness this, I, it, you would assume, because unless this was like a practice run that went wrong, this is like for the judges yeah. to judge. Huh? So they were probably like, wow, what a stunt. And he's
0: okay? No, he's horrifically injured. No, that wasn't supposed to happen. This is actually the worst. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. They saw him
1: get smashed by the cars and the cars explode and they're like, where is he? He's going to pop up behind yeah. us, isn't he? Oh. And now they all have PTSD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to need a little, little refreshment after that one. Yeah. So let's take a look at one small town's attempt to bring joy to everyone by one-upping the rest of the country when it comes to Christmas. The real war on Christmas. So, yeah, it's not even Halloween yet. We're already talking about Christmas. That's. Some people really like Christmas. Yeah. But like we said in this week's episode of Tech News Day, it's probably better to get all your holiday planning done now rather than wait. Yeah. Because Joe Biden isn't letting the toys come in from Jap- China and Japan. Actually, he went around stealing all the toys to give to his son Hunter. Yeah. Who loves dolls. Yeah. He's a real freak, that Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this town in northern Oklahoma wanted to make sure that they wouldn't be beaten this year. So they got their town's Christmas tree ready early. And boy, what a tree it is. The 140-foot-tall Christmas tree <laughs> is now standing tall in the middle of Enid, Oklahoma, making that town the new home to what is being officially billed as the world's tallest fresh-cut Christmas tree. Did they cut down a fucking redwood? They did go to Northern California to get this tree. What? No, I don't like this at
1: all, then. <laughs> now, it is absurd for a small town to have a tree that is 14 stories the tall. The tree was,
0: like, <laughs> 2,000 years old. What are but, you doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an actual redwood. Look, yes, it is ridiculous. 14 stories, this tree is. But also, yeah, good for them, sure. Uh, Their reasoning behind it, it's great. Uh, But instead of just quoting their mayor, let's let's just show you some
0: heartwarming clips from their local news station. They should put those big Home Depot skeletons for scale. They would be tiny compared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The White House has a 35-foot tree. Rockefeller Center has a 75-foot tree. Why shouldn't we have a 140-foot tree in Enid, Oklahoma? It's a sight to behold in northern Oklahoma. A Christmas tree that stands 140 feet tall. It's so big. It's beautiful. Thursday, the town gathered to celebrate the raising of the tree. Slowly but surely, it made its way toward the sky. Truck driver Milo Mondel and his team drove the tree over 1,800 miles from a forest in northern California. He says this was the most precious cargo he's ever been responsible for. I think I could retire right now and be happy. <laughs> Everybody from the young to the old gathered Thursday to see this beauty in all its glory. We hope that people will
0: come from all over Oklahoma, from all over the nation. We've even had some people that have talked about possibly even coming um, from overseas.
1: So you you plan on coming back
0: multiple times to see this thing, right? Oh well, heavens, yes. yes. <laughs> I do.
1: And uh, just so you're aware, before you start angrily commenting or freaking out like Elliot did, this this tree was already marked to be cut down regardless. Okay. Uh, The town just claimed it, apparently. Okay, all right. Uh, And as we've said before, typically, people getting a fresh Christmas tree every year is actually better for the environment than having a plastic tree, although it's not as financially responsible, and real trees are also a fire hazard. They're dangerous, they're messy. Yes.
0: You'll my, be getting pine needles out of the carpet for my solution months. is no Christmas tree at all, yeah. no no decorations, not even not even visually acknowledging the joy of the holiday season.
1: Well, some of us are just a little <laughs> bit different. That's all. Where uh, am I going to put it? As, as for this 140 foot tall tree, well, it certainly put Enid, Oklahoma, on the map. And uh, hopefully it won't suffer the same fate as the famed gavel goat of Sweden. Oh man. Though they should put a webcam on this thing just in case. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, notable thing from Eden, Oklahoma, or Enid, Oklahoma, that I saw, uh, it was where the defense attorney for Timothy McVeigh was from. Oh. So this is a really good a- addition to their Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's so, good.
1: good for them. Yes.
0: Anyway, let's round out this week's episode with some gaming news for all the gamers. Yeah. What's up, millennials? remember the Nintendo 64? Sure. Well, you can finally relive your childhood on the go or uh, once again at home on the couch because Nintendo's bringing the N64 to the Nintendo Switch for a (laughs) price. There's always a price. Uh, Over the years, Nintendo has bolstered its paid online service by providing customers with games from their lengthy back catalog, which has so far included titles from both the NES and Super NES. With those out of the way, there was only one more way for them to go. The N64 was next in line. But would Nintendo just keep giving away these classic titles for the same inclusive price? Fuck no. <laughs> you pay. <laughs> if you want N64 on the Switch, you're gonna have to cough up that dinero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, but there is some good news here, sort of. Uh, this new deal also includes Sega Genesis games as well. The Sega Whoa. was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, I mean, More people playing the games? At this point, we don't care. You already won.
1: Remember when they tried to do the Genesis Mini? And then everyone's just like, what? No, no one wants this. And it was like $20 or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they did the PlayStation Mini and no one wanted it either. That one was uh, apparently not good. Like the frame rates and everything were bad on it. Well, it was, it was.
1: I think that one specifically was just an emulator inside of a
0: yeah plastic molded small PlayStation. Also, that generation of games looked like dog shit. It, yeah. just, it has not aged well. The N sixty four, PlayStation, Dreamcast, yeah. like the, the games. Well, like, once they introduced three D into gaming, like it it looks rough. Well, the problem with
1: like PlayStation specifically was that they were trying to go for realism. Yeah. In most of their games, outside of like Crash Bandicoot, but Nintendo. You know, it's always stylized, cartoony. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to get away with. It ages a lot better. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you have like, say what you want about the difference between PlayStation fans and Nintendo fans, but there's a lot more like nostalgia, uh, I feel like, with Nintendo fans. See, yeah. I, I was a PlayStation kid. I never had Nintendo 64. I had the NES, SNES, and stopped there. So I have absolutely like no oh, connection to this at all. Did you a, have?
0: I had an N64. What'd you play on it? Uh, GoldenEye. True yeah. Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember playing Goldeneye at friends' houses. I don't know. I had a bunch of games. I don't really remember. Uh, Ocarina of Time. So there you go. You uh, Some WCW games. You have some nostalgia. Some WWF this. games. Uh, some Maddens. All I remember is my, my first friend that got
1: one, uh, he had, I don't know if it was like a launch shuttle or whatever, but it was just a jet skiing game.
0: Yeah. I Wave used, Racer.
1: To do just backflips on the... That, that was all I would play. I think it was
0: Wave Racer. I might be wrong.
1: But I feel like there's just way more nostalgia when it comes to Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but here's IGN uh, with the rundown. Nintendo has announced that the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership, which will give Switch owners access to N64 and Sega games alongside Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise DLC, will cost $49.99 a year. A $30 increase from the standard membership, Hmm. adding that the expansion pack unlocks access to such N64 games as Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, and Mario Kart 64, Sega games like Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Echo of the Dolphin, and Streets of Rage 2, and Animal Crossing's New Horizons Happy Home Paradise DLC, which costs $24.99 on its own. So I guess if you're an Animal Crossing fan that wants this DLC... One year of this Uh, isn't going to work. It's a great deal. Yeah. Nintendo Switch Online members will also be able to purchase full-size wireless N64 and Sega Genesis controllers. To play these classic titles as you remember playing them. Yeah,
0: the N64 had a weird controller. It was horrific looking. Yeah, they they really went for... They really tried some new stuff
1: out with that, but... And there's going to be some N64 apologists in the comments. No. But, like, comparatively, what PlayStation did with their controller at the same exact time... Was became the industry standard it essentially?
0: Did. It did. They won.
1: Yes, they did. It was, they won the controller wars, but not much else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fifty dollars a year seems like a lot. Yeah, I feel just like essentially rent games feel on like your. Like the Switch. target
0: audience for this already like owns the actual old systems, but I guess now they'll be able to play it on their Switch.
1: Yeah, and, like, uh, you can plug it in, and if you have... By this point, people probably have a couple extra Switch controllers because they've had friends over or something, or they're playing it on a rooftop at a party. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it could be fun, but, like, look, I I don't know. Maybe I'm a stick in the mud, but, like, I'd rather play the new Mario Kart that was made for the Switch than play the old Mario Kart 64 because, like, I've gone back and played the SNES Mario Kart, and it's like,
0: yeah, this is fine. Yeah. It's fine, but I don't know. You could do the same game but newer and better. Yeah, and for
1: me, Super Mario sixty four was just a confusing mess. I, I did not get very far in that game when I was able to play it at all. So, I think I beat it. Yeah, oh, I don't remember. genius. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you, it, this it seems like a hefty price tag, but uh, yeah, look, it's pretty decent if you're looking for a convenient way to play classic games without sailing the seven seas yeah. or buying the latest Soulja Boy console. Yeah, which comes preloaded
0: with all the hits. It's got all your games.
1: Yeah. Just don't tell anyone.
0: Yeah. Over in the world of PC gaming, though, looks like the race for companies to inject fucking NFTs into the world of video games has hit its first major roadblock as Valve has announced a ban of blockchain-based games and NFTs on Steam. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe. From The Verge, games that use blockchain technology or let users exchange NFTs or cryptocurrencies won't be allowed on Steam, according to a rule added to Valve's What You Shouldn't Publish on Steam list. The change was pointed out by Space Pirate, a developer working on an NFT-based game, who said that the change was because the company doesn't allow game items that could have real-world value. But Steam could also be avoiding controversy with the move. And they add that Steam has a history of making controversial moderation decisions, especially when it comes to games with sexual content. In this case, though, it doesn't seem like people are pressing F to pay respects to NFT games. A uh, majority of the replies and quote tweets to Space Pirates tweets are praising Valve for the move or mocking those who are upset about it. People universally hate NFTs. Uh, I, the Lazy Lions, I think, pushed it over the edge. <laughs> like, seeing those fucking things on everyone's, like, profile pictures on Twitter just, like, I think actually made people go <laughs> insane and, like, reading the way they talk about it, yeah. like, it, it, it's like... Watching cult members discuss like how they're all going to get to go. Well, that's because they all have like a, a,
1: an absurd financial investment into the success of this.
0: Yeah, and they all have their their little like dojos or whatever. They've got their dojos uh, or bungalow. They, yeah, is that whole, another NFT thing? No, it's like part of the lazy lion thing. I think I'm not sure if it itself is an NFT, but you they're like rooms. To put like frames. Okay, art, so that's
1: what I'm wondering because yeah, I've seen my my friends in the group chat are like got the my room for my lazy line. I'm just like, oh my god, shut up.
0: Yeah, it's it's cringe. It's- I
1: love them, but yes, they're 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 very into this, and and I only assume it's because they're what well, like sunk cost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I've talked about this, but it's, it's. I mean, at least when NFTs first came out, like, there was a lot of like was an actual artists. There was some it. really cool sort of glitch art, uh, animated. They made art. actual art that moved and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was generally the kind of stuff that is uh, like you, you literally can't get that printed on a poster or something. It's moving digital art. Yeah. Uh, and then yes, yeah, somehow in like less than a year, it's transitioned into like these weird like character creation uh, animals that are all kind of shitty looking and <laughs> but they're uh, random I guess yeah it's uh I don't know it's interesting but it's yeah like, remember but yeah the pu- no it is the, the public sentiment on this issue is as divided as ever <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. it's like do you remember uh, I think they're still popular I think they still make you know different companies make different versions of it but like in the mid-2000s there were those little like rounded like uh, monies or dunnies or something like that homies <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, but they were like, but they would come in a box, and they had, uh, like, they looked like little bunny, around. they had ears, oh. and they were like s- spherical, like little action yes. figures, Yes, but they, all they were, were, they were in a box, and they'd have different series, and you wouldn't know what kind of, like, artistic interpretation or design that yours was going to be. I, I vaguely remember And, like, this. some would have, like, a spray paint can, yeah, or some would have, like, you know, a chain with a boom box on it. And that's what this is, except in digital form. Yeah. Like you would open up. That's what this is, except
0: it's literally a JPEG and you yeah. can't hold it in your hand or well, do anything.
1: I had friends, completely different friends back then. My friend bought an entire fucking box of those things. And I wonder if they're worth anything now or if they're like Beanie Babies.
0: To someone, probably. Someone
1: watching knows what they are and is like just looking at their collection behind them. Like, oh, yeah, they're worth, they're priceless, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so, if someone you- tell me in the comments what those things were. I think they were like Dunnies or Monies or something. Yeah.
0: If you like it, that's great. And I, yeah. I if if you like whatever your, brings joy to your life, if you're we're like, not trying to show. Yeah. Up. If you like your Lazy Lions collection, uh, I don't get it, but that's cool. But it's annoying that it's all you talk about.
1: The the one time that I will think that this has gone too far is if I walk over to like their house and they have it on the walls. Yeah. This is the house that Lazy Lions built. Sold all my Lazy Lions and bought this house.
0: Yeah. It's bad enough looking at it. I, small on my phone. If I have to see one of those fucking lions like <laughs> portrait size on the wall yeah. I'm going to get mad.
1: But anyways on the other <laughs> hand of this NFT blockchain gaming stuff uh, this move seems to have opened up a pathway for blockchain ge- games and uh, games with NFTs to exist on the Epic Games Store uh, at least according to the hmm. most current policies there. Uh, once again from The Verge Epic tells The Verge that it is open to games that support cryptocurrency or blockchain-based assets on its game store, unlike its competitor Valve, which has banned games that feature blockchain technology or NFTs from Steam. When we asked about allowing games that featured NFTs, Epic told us there'd be some limitations, but that it's willing to work with early developers in the new field. Epic says that the games would have to comply with financial laws, make it clear how the blockchain is used, and have appropriate age ratings. It also says that developers won't be able to use Epic's payment service to accept crypto. They would have to use their own payment systems instead. Epic CEO Tim Sweeney has said that the company isn't interested in touching NFTs, but that statement now appears to only apply to its own games. Epic tells The Verge that it will clarify the rules as it works with developers to understand how they plan to use blockchain tech in their games.
0: So this is a problem that's going to solve itself though, because like, every one of these NFT like video game projects ends up being like a rug pull scam where like the developer disappears with all the money. So, uh, yeah. And also like- All it's going to take is like
1: one very public, very big version of that before no game store is going to allow this. Yeah. Or they take it under their own wings and they're like, "Uh, remember how we sold you packs of FIFA cards? Uh, We're going to do that again, but they're going to be a hundred times as expensive and we're going to tell you that it's literally just yours. Yeah, they're gonna be numbered digitally on your PlayStation. Ugh, God. Or it's like Fortnite's gonna be like, yeah, you have uh, NFT
0: wings for your character. Thanks for the two thousand dollars. I mean, again, that would still be better than what most, is currently most yeah, NFTs you could actually use it something in the game. You can actually fucking yeah. use.
1: So, like we said, I mean, NFTs just really hit the mainstream this year. We're not even a year into this. I actually saw Beeple posted yesterday or two days ago on his Instagram that like. His first conversation about NFTs, it, it was the official one-year anniversary of his first acknowledgement that NFTs existed, and he's the biggest, most successful NFT artist. Allegedly.
0: Or not. Some very suspicious transactions. The king of Jordan
1: was buying a lot of it's NFTs. like, hey, I,
0: I open my safe, I give you all my money, and then you give it back to me for right. something I sell to you. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of these big uh, NFT transactions are very sus. Hey, but
1: uh, Bitcoin over 60000 now, right? Wow, we look like idiots, huh? I got a little bit of Bitcoin. My $50 is now $55. Yeah. So there you go. I actually think it's, uh, I have like $150 in Bitcoin, which is probably like $200 now.
0: To the moon.
1: Take me with you. Whee! (laughs) Uh, Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, Be sure to watch our most previous episodes, uh, Tech News Day and uh, The Heavy Metal Principle. Check those out, and we'll be back for another episode of Weekly Weird News real soon. Bye-bye. Bye.